glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Game preview show, 49ers versus Chiefs Super Bowl 58. It's going to be absolutely fantastic, just like always. If you are live in chat, go ahead, leave your questions, leave your comments, and I will get to them as soon as I can. Uh, This is going to be interactive, of course, and uh, what a time it is. I was around town today. And everyone seems to be supporting the 49ers right now. Every single 49ers faithful is out there sporting a sweater or a hat or a jersey. Lots of jerseys out there. It's a great time to be a 49ers fan. It's just so cool. We're less than 24 hours away now from Super Bowl 58 kicking off. And it's going to be a fantastic game. The 49ers are looking to overcome and defeat a Kansas City Chiefs team that's pretty darn good. Uh, but they have the ability. And and what's up to everyone in chat? How's it going, Josh? Josh says, hashtag TCC, let's get her done. Uh, Jay Ellie says, countdown one day. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're there. And Josh says, does the team that scores first win? I don't think it has to be. Uh, I think it could go either way. Both these teams have the ability to come back. We've seen the 49ers go down now and be able to come back. Now, I do believe the 49ers want to get off to a fast start. They want to score early and they want to score often and put the pressure on Patrick Mahomes, even though he does very well with pressure, none of these moments are new to him. You're still going to give yourself an opportunity uh, to play from the front. That's where you want to be. The 49ers are better when they play from the front. Doesn't mean they can't win any way that they're asked to win, but winning from the front is how this team is built. They can rely on that running game, and they can continue to run the football against a Kansas City defense that doesn't do great against it. And also, their defensive line can really pin their ears back if Patrick Mahomes has to rely only on his arm to get it to his playmakers, and they can't rely on Pacheco. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. What's up to Master Indy Crafts? Let's go. Welcome to chat. And Jay Ellie says, repping my freaking 49er shirt. I love that shirt. Well done, Jay Ellie. You can get your 40 freaking Niner shirt over at cutbackshop.com. So before I get into this, I really want to go ahead and and take care of bet online because if you're betting on this game, it's playoff time and the usual suspects are heading to Vegas for the championship. And our partner bet online is your number one source for football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to the color of Gatorade bet online is the number one source for your championship wagering info head to bet online today and get into all the action. Bet online. The game starts here. And where the game starts for the 49ers is somewhere entirely different. The San Francisco 49ers really want to run the football in this game. That's going to be a key factor for them. And when you look at the stats, it supports that completely. Of course, 49ers rush the ball for 139 yards per game, rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey and his ability to do it all. I mean, you could run outside zone. Uh, you can run inside zone. You can run gap scheme. Uh, you can run some old school plays like power O. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do with Christian McCaffrey. And the 49ers know that relying on McCaffrey in this game is going to be huge because you look over at Kansas City and they're allowing 113 yards per game. 
not one of the best when it comes uh, to stopping the run. The 49ers offense is number one in DVOA in the entire league, where the defense for Kansas City, their rush defense is number 27. There's only 32 teams in the league, so that just proves how bad Kansas City has been stopping the run. Travis Kelsey let the cat out of the bag from last week, and he said, hey, with Baltimore, we wanted to get up and make them turn away from the running game, and we felt they would. And so the 49ers know they can't do that, but they didn't do that last week against the Lions. Even though they were down 17 points, they never wavered on consistently getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey. You just got to stick with it. And with the Chiefs, it's never more clear than that. Stick with the run game. Yes, there's going to be times where the run game isn't the best avenue to get yardage, to get first downs, because Spagnola in that defense is loading up. But as soon as you have an opportunity, you take advantage, whether that's an opportunity because there's not eight guys in the box or there's an opportunity where they overload one side and you can go the opposite. Finding ways to run is important. Now, another factor is the Chiefs aren't very good at stopping runs to the left of an offense. That's where Trent Williams is, and they're one of the worst in the league at stopping runs behind the left tackle. Seems like the 49ers have another advantage there. I think it's clear that Steve Spagnuolo is going to come into this matchup and he's going to look to stop the 49ers run. He has to get Christian McCaffrey slowed up so that way Kyle Shanahan needs to throw the football on third down. If you have third and one, third and two, and you have a complete playbook available where you can run the ball with Christian McCaffrey or you can run play action or move the pocket with Brock Purdy, that's going to allow the 49ers to do a lot of things on offense. So taking care of the run game is going to be very important this week. And when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs since week 10, they have been allowing 4.8 yards per carry since then. That's fourth worst in the entire NFL. Uh, so you have opportunities to run the football. As far as EPA per rush, they're 30th. Explosive rush rate, they're 20th. You can have explosive runs against this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Spagnola knows that. His attention's got to be to stopping McCaffrey early. If it's not... The 49ers are going to give the ball to McCaffrey all day long, and that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan should do. If they want to turn this into a uh, 2019 NFC Championship game where you run the football every single play because you can't stop it, Kyle Shanahan will definitely be inclined to do so. As long as they're moving the ball and moving the sticks, he's not going to care about how that goes. So I think the 49ers know what they got to do as far as stopping the run. Now, here's another interesting fact. When the when facing 21 and two, 22 personnel, the Chiefs typically play base. So they play their base 4-3 set. In those scenarios, the 49ers feel the most comfortable. 21 and 22 personnel is exactly where they have the most strength. If the Chiefs aren't going to be willing to bring in an extra defensive lineman or put six guys at the line of scrimmage the way Green Bay did, I think the 49ers could have some real advantages using Juszczyk and Charlie Warner as not just edge blockers, but guys that they can pull and get some advantages kicking out defensive ends like Mike Dana, you do that, you pull one of those guys across, you kick him out and trap him, and then you can get Trent Williams up to the second level onto those talented linebackers. And if that's the case, you're going to create creases and opportunities for Christian McCaffrey to be able to run the football. So I like that they struggle against those personnel sets and personnel groupings because that means you can make some things happen on the ground. Now, when they are in their base sets, they are the 29th best in EPA. So they are not good in those scenarios. 
49ers can just can take advantage of them. So expect a lot of Kyle Juszczyk, expect a lot of Charlie Warner in this game with the 49ers looking for ways to run the football consistently against Kansas City. And Kansas City is going to have to try to take it away. Kansas City also versus zone runs is 31st best in yards and carries allowed this year. So bottom of the league as far as against zone. Kyle Shanahan has been running more outside zone over the last five weeks than he's ran most of the season. So I look for that to be another problem. And we've seen other teams have very efficient games and very effective games against the Kansas City Chiefs running the outside zone, especially with runs under the center. Chiefs are 25th against runs that start with a quarterback under the center. Uh, we know that was Kyle Shanahan's main game plan. If you go back to 2019 and you see the effectiveness of that offense early, it was predicated on the outside zone with Raheem Mostert, moving the pocket with play action fakes with Jimmy Garoppolo starting with his, you know, himself under the center and moving the pocket and finding open areas to throw the ball. There was so much movement moving the defense horizontally. I think that's going to be a heavy part of this game plan. That's something that Steve Spagnuolo's defenses really struggle with. And when you catch Chris Jones playing on the outside, run the football, especially if it's in early downs. If they try to take advantage of him versus my, uh, my uh, I'm sorry, Colton McKivitz, go ahead and run that. And the 49ers can take advantage of running against you. They can go ahead and bring guys across the formation and trap him, Kittle, Warner, use check. They could pull Aaron Banks. I think those are all good situations. And that allows you to get Colton McKivitz to the second level instead of him having to deal with Chris Jones on the outside. So there's a lot of things the 49ers can do to the run game that I'm really excited about. And what's up to everyone in chat? I see a, a bunch of people jumped in. Glad you guys are here right now. Uh, Jay Ellie says, what jersey are you sporting tomorrow? It. So I've been going back and forth on my jersey decisions. I think I'm going to rock with Brock. I think I'm going to wear the Brock Purdy jersey. Um, I just think that this is the Brock game. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to roll with that. But I had been going between a few of them, including uh, Kittle and, and Warner. But I think I'm going to go with Brock. What's up, BV50? BV50 says, hey, Ant, the bet of George Kittle for reception is to me too high. What's your thoughts? Um, I think he's gonna, I think he get over four receptions in this game. I think the 49ers might be in a situation where Brandon Ayuk is, you know, he's usually the one of the number one targets for the 49ers. I think the Chiefs are gonna go into this game trying to take him away, but I think the 49ers are gonna look for McCaffrey. And then in the passing game, it's really gonna be about Debo, George Kittle, and then Brandon Ayuk. Uh, because I think they can find some real good matchups for Kittle. Kittle against Bolton in 2022 was advantage 49ers. And if there's a weakness in the secondary, it's got to be the safeties compared to the corners. The corners are really, really good. So finding opportunities to throw to Kittle is going to be big. But also, when you start running those zone-type run plays and those play-action plays that come off of it, a lot of times when you come out, the tight end is one of those players that is available and open. So I look for Kittle to have some plays in this game. I don't know if for sure that bet would happen, so I'm not ever going to tell anyone to bet or not. Uh, but if you told me he was going to have four or five catches, I would believe it in the game. I just think he has, you know, a, a good a good shot at getting it done. Jaley says, "Will the Niners show up in the first half?" Absolutely. I expect this to be a full sixty minute game for the San Francisco 49ers. I think that what happened in the Green Bay Packers game was very much weather related. I think that they had a slow start because of that, and I think in Detroit against Detroit, I think they got shell shocked early. I think Detroit caught them a little off guard with how they attacked that reverse play for the touchdown. I just put them in a little bit of a sense of quicksand. Now, the good news is they were able to reset and get it done, but I expect a full game 
coming from uh, the opening kickoff till the end. Ernest says, my honest opinion, the Chiefs got their two Super Bowl wins by having the refs call and not call uh, things in their advantage. It, it could be. I mean, the Chiefs have often been, you know, triggered and uh, they get upset on the field and they get a lot of calls that go their way, whether those are the truth or not. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know for sure. I like this right here from JL. A juice for the first TD of the game. That would be really interesting if Kyle Juszczyk got the first touchdown. I know my wife would be very excited about that. Um, she is, you know, of always pumped when Juice does some good things. Josh says 49ers elevating McGill and Barrett was an awesome move by team to help those guys out. Yeah, those guys are the ones who are going to be elevated. We'll see if they actually uh, suit up, uh, if they play in the game or not. So, um, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see if they can make some big time plays. Uh, I like this. Josh says he's going with the Ronnie Lott jersey tomorrow. That's what you got to do. Uh, get it done. And what's up, Kenneth? Kenneth is in the house. What's up, Aunt? Love you, man. Love you too. Uh, thanks for all the support, Kenneth. Appreciate it. Every single time I see your comments, it means the world to me. So thanks so much. And you said, do you think Mason will get any first half touches? No, I don't. Uh, so this is going to be one of those games where because there's no game next week, I fully expect Christian McCaffrey to get all the carries and touches that he could possibly get, except for when he maybe would reel off a situation like a 70-yard run and need to come out for a play. And then I think the 40 yards will go with Elijah Mitchell. And so I don't think we're going to see very much Jordan Mason except on special teams. Maybe there would be an occurrence at some point where we see him. Uh, and I would love to see him in a situation where the 49ers are up enough to see Jordan Mason. But no, I don't think he's going to get very many touches in this game. So uh, that's, I mean, it's tough. I, I know a lot of people are really big fans of him, but yeah, that's, that's probably not going to happen very much in this game, uh, because you know, he's just, he's third on the depth chart right now. And, uh, there's no way that they're not giving the ball to, uh, Christian McCaffrey as much as possible. And if we get this game, if this game gets for the 49ers to where Christian McCaffrey and that 49ers rushing attack gets to 35 carries, and that would mean Elijah Mitchell would have to help out. Uh, if they get to the 35 to 40 carries, the 40 yards are going to win this game. And so we know that's a target for Kyle Shanahan. That's what he wants. He wants to be heavy run. He wants to be heavy run influence. And in that in that case, Bobby Turner is going to have to make sure he turns to his other backs, probably especially Elijah Mitchell, to make sure that you get something done on the ground consistently when McCaffrey's not in the game. But I expect that they'll also sprinkle in some Debo. I think Debo is going to have a huge effect running the football in this game. I think that the way that they played him in twenty uh, in 2019, they got Debo involved. He read a lot of counters. They got him the ball. And they, they kept him honest on the backside. One of the things that will really benefit Christian McCaffrey in this game and the running game of the 49ers is if they can get that backside of the defense. If you're running left and Debo's over on the left side and he starts coming back to the right, it's going to freeze all the players on the other side. If you don't freeze, you look like Hassan Reddick in the Philadelphia Eagles game, and you're doing a spin and trying to catch up, and there's no way. So being able to run some of those plays and keeping that backside honest so they can't crash and come down on McCaffrey will leave cutback lanes for McCaffrey to be able to kind of wiggle and find his area. As he presses to the line of scrimmage, then you've got to make your cut. And if something opens on the backside, because Bolden, Tranquil, Gay, those guys are all hyper-aggressive at getting downhill. If they get downhill too quickly, they might open something up on the backside for the 49ers. In fact, I think counters are going to be involved in this game, not just for guys like Debo, but also for Christian McCaffrey. 
I look for the 49ers to run some trays, get involved in getting McCaffrey going one way and then going back the other way. It was open against the Lions. The 49ers were just this far away from potentially executing it for huge whole shot plays. And I think the aggressive style of the Chiefs means the 49ers are going to have some opportunities to do that in this game. So I, I think that the 49ers want to run the ball a lot. If they hit 40 rushes, they're winning this football game outright. If they hit 35, it's a very good chance they're winning this game. And so I think there's going to be a, a full pressure, full pressure on Kansas City to make sure that they stay in all their areas. They got to stay on the backside. We'll beat you with something coming back towards you. You have to attack it the way you the way you're supposed to at the point of attack. They're just going to put a lot of pressure. Now, Kyle doesn't like negative plays, so they're going to have to make sure they handle Chris Jones and, and Wharton on the inside. But when you look at the Chiefs defense, that's a weakness. And depth at the defensive line is an extreme weakness. When me and Horse were doing our video, uh, we definitely went into the Chiefs defensive line depth, and we saw a lot of holes. They're just not deep with a lot of the injuries that they've had at the position. And Dami, one of those, Charles Aminahue, another one. You start looking, it's like, wow, these guys are paper thin. And so the 49ers, if they can get into a game where they can really run the football consistently, by the time you get to the end of the game, those guys are going to be absolutely gassed. And that's when the 49ers can overtake them and really move the football. So I'm hyper excited about that matchup, especially, uh, you know, the running backs against um, that run game. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the 49ers are going to be able to run the football and it's going to be good. And here's something from Josh. Uh, batted balls haven't been talked about enough with big old Chris Jones in the middle. It should be uh, because that's what hurt Jimmy Garoppolo in that last drive. You go back and you watch 2019 Super Bowl, that last drive, Chris Jones batted two balls down that would have been completions. Not only was the receiver open, uh, but they had a space to work, and Jimmy had the ball knocked down. That has been a, a problem for Brock occasionally, but one of the keys is going to be get Chris Jones's hands down so Brock can throw the football. Another thing you can do is if you're having success in the outside zone and you start moving the pocket, you can find other windows for Brock Purdy. He can kind of move to a window and throw the football. Uh, so those types of things can benefit. But, yes, getting his hands up is a problem. So not only as an offensive lineman do you have to stop Chris Jones, but on certain pass drops when Brock can't get enough depth, you have to make sure you get his hands down. Whatever you have to do to do that, you do your best. But, yes, that's something the 49ers are going to have to focus on in this game. David says, hey, Ant, go Niners, time for the big one. I can't wait, David. I hope you're having a good weekend, and I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. Kenneth says, should we come out passing? This is a good question. And, you know, a lot of people, when they look at the game plan, you see the weaknesses for the Chiefs, and it all points to the run game. I mean, their passing defense is fourth best in the league. They give up just over 170 yards per game. They're very good. They got talented individuals in the secondary. Well, it all depends on how Steve Spagnuolo plays you. As an offensive coordinator, a lot of times you get an idea like, okay, this is what this team normally does. This is how this coach addresses things. And then you take into account what other teams have done to you and how much success they've had. And you start formulating opinion on it, what you expect that guy to do. As an offensive coordinator, the players on the field matter, especially your players, and the defenders matter as well. But what that defensive coordinator is going to do matters more. Knowing what his concepts are, knowing what his scheme is, and how you can break his rules is what's important. So when you come out there, if Steve Spagnuolo loads the box, you're going to turn to a passing attack. So we know Kyle Shanahan's going to come out with two plays. My guess is one of them is a run for Christian McCaffrey 
and the other some sort of pass to take advantage of them having eight guys in the box. I think the 49ers will come out with some sort of counter play called, not to Debo Samuel, but to Christian McCaffrey. I'm expecting to see George Kittle on the right side and maybe some sort of eye formation or weak eye set with Kyle Juszczyk with a motion to the strong side. Once that happens, you see the movement, what they're doing there, and then you decide if you're going to run the football or if you're going to check to something else. If you get the movement you like, you run the football. If you don't, I think they have a built-in screen pass to Debo Samuel away from Chris Jones and away from George Kittle and see what kind of effect you can have getting him the football quickly and see what happens. But if Spagnola loads the box early, you do have to throw. Don't come out there and just run and, and run your head into a wall trying to consistently run the football. Now, you want to keep it mixed in, but if he's too high safety, run the ball. If he's single high safety and you have a balanced set, you want to find an opportunity to run, but don't force it. Take what's there. And a lot of times that means throwing. So it's kind of playing off what the defense gives you. And this is why I believe exactly what Josh does. you got to get Debo going early. And that's why I want to get the ball in his hands within the first three plays of the game. I want it to be either a run play to McCaffrey or a quick screen to Debo Samuel and just get the clock ticking on having him have the ball in his hands as much as possible. McCaffrey and Debo are your keys to success in this game, getting them involved. And the reason I want it to be a screen is because I want to spread this defense out horizontally. Because if they come into the box and they're pretty narrow, they're trying to stop McCaffrey. As soon as you get the ball out to Debo in a quick screen, now you'll start to, especially if it's successful, you'll start making those linebackers or safeties kind of widen out. As soon as they do, even if they're an eight-man box, you can still find angles to run the football. But you have to make sure you're at least spreading them horizontally to create lanes and give your guys clean blocking angles. Uh, so it's all a game of making sure you can do what you want. Now, I think Kyle is going to run a lot of motion in the first several plays. He's going to want to hit a, at least one screen pass to Debo Samuel. He's going to want to run to the point of attack, and he's going to want to test the Chiefs uh, you know, on a counter play and see how much reaction he can get from those linebackers. He's also going to motion a bunch too. see what kind of motion we're getting. We got different motions from Green Bay and Detroit. When he motioned against Green Bay, they were very aggressive early and they even bumped out a half a spot later on. They were less aggressive and Detroit was the same sort of way. So finding out how those guys are going to play your motions, adjust how your offensive line blocks and how you call play calls. There's a lot into it, but, uh, yeah, you got to get Debo involved in this very, very early. Uh, BV50 says, my bold prediction is Nick Bosa sack fumble recovery of Mahomes ice to ice the game. I'll be sporting my Patrick Willis jersey. And congratulations to Patrick Willis on earning his Hall of Fame gold jacket. It, he's so deserving, so I'm glad he really got that done. Um, he, he deserves it. And Ronnie Montoya in the house. Super Bowl jerseys are five. Or I'm sorry, Ronnie Montoya says, I got... Me a Super Bowl CMC jersey. Woo! I was reading this one here from uh, uh, Josh. That said Super Bowl jerseys are fire. Yeah, it's the Christian McCaffrey one. I love that. I need to get myself a McCaffrey jersey. Uh, I need a Debo jersey too. I love those. And so uh, at some point, I got to get those. Uh, Josh says off topic, but Navarro Bowman getting a linebacker job with Harbaugh is pretty sweet. Yeah, I love to see that. I love to see Navarro Bowman um, career definitely cut short because of the, the key injury that he had. But, yeah, hey, yeah, it's good to see that he's getting rewarded and Harbaugh's rewarding him with a coaching job. I think that's great. Ronnie Montoya says, what's up, Ed? Just hopped in. What are your thoughts on McKinnon? 
So early on in the week, I had seen that Jarek McKinnon's practice window was open. As soon as I saw that, um, I knew that he was going to play. I saw some comments he had about the game uh, when he was at the presser. So I had a, a real feeling that Jarek McKinnon was going to play. And I think he adds an added element to the Kansas City Chiefs offense because Pacheco is really good at running the football. He's aggressive. He's presses things really hard. He's physical at the point of attack. You have to really like the things that he does in the run game. But the thing that he might struggle at a little bit is catching the ball consistently out of the backfield. He's not as good a runner, a route runner. He's not as good with the ball in his hands after the catch. It takes him a while to get going. Where Jarek McKinnon is smooth. Uh, not only is he good in pass protection, he runs good routes, but he also is one of those guys that can catch the football uh, from a variety of spots, starting in the backfield, playing in, in, in the slot. So I think he gives them more options to be able to use. And it wasn't just McKinnon, but Sky Moore who came back as well. So they added a couple more offensive weapons, and I think they needed them, especially since they haven't been using Kadarius Toney. Uh, Tony was the one that ran a lot of those things. Nicole Hardman hasn't been able to handle taking care of the football very well. So we don't know what the usage is going to be of Nicole Hardman. So I think these were key gets for the Kansas City Chiefs, and it makes it a little bit tougher. 49ers are going to have to make sure uh, that they have, you know, they keep taking uh, a look at what those guys are doing out of the backfield. I do think the 49ers will be ready for it, though, uh, because right now they seen Jameer Gibbs last week. They're ready for running backs coming out of the backfield. David Campbell says, do you see any five-man D-line looks uh, from the 49ers or from the Chiefs? I don't think the 49ers are going to run any five-man looks. I haven't seen Spagnola run five-man defensive lines the entire season. So if Spagnola did that, that would be out of character. And then you would have to adjust accordingly. Uh, usually when you see those big and heavy sets, he just goes to base 4-3. And with Steve Wilkes, I don't think this is the best week. I think you can stop the run game of the Chiefs with four-man fronts. Uh, and if you do put a fifth man out there, you run the risk of getting a bad matchup for Kelsey on you know, a plain linebacker or pulling your nickel corner off the field and putting Deshaun Gibson in the, in the nickel. Uh, those types of things scare me, so I don't think so for sure. We got this question from Jay Ellie. Ant, do you think Chris Jones is a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. I think he's trending in that direction. I, I don't know if he's a first ballot. I, I guess I would want to take into account who he's in the, you know, up for it against. Uh, but I think he's a really good football player. And right now, I think he's one of the top two defensive tackles in the league. I think there's a lot of sports writers uh, because of his success at winning Super Bowls and how good he's been that is going to put him in that category. So I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen. And what's up, Juanito? This is LFG Niners. Got to love that. And Josh says, I see them testing Ambry against MVS on a go route early. Yeah, I think so. I, I think Ambry Thomas is going to get tested a few times early on in this game to find out where he's at. What Ambry are they going to see? And really, that's the best matchup. Now, I also think we could see MVS in the slot against Diamond Lenore because that slot fade we know is a weakness for the San Francisco 49ers because of how they play their nickel corner. They play him inside. That inside shade allows you to be able to run up and be, get to that corner, especially when you have a lot of ground to play. If you're on the left hash mark, you could run it to the right. And we've seen MVS run that exact play with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback to great success. So I think they're going to test what they can get away with with MVS as far as verticals. I look for Ambry Thomas early in this game to give a lot of cushion, stay over the top, and make sure 
that MVS doesn't have those opportunities. And I think Diamond Lenore's just got to make sure uh, he flips his hips and he gets going. A redirect would be very good of MVS. They might have to be at that point. And what's up to Bomber T? Bomber T in the house says, let's go Niners. Awesome. Good to see you. Uh, Roberto says, Coach Ant, do you believe that CMC is the best player on the field? Will he be the difference? I do believe that he is right now the best player on the field. I think a lot of people would probably argue about Patrick Mahomes being uh, the best player, but uh, I think right now Christian McCaffrey is just an absolute stud. And if he has a huge success, if the 49ers offensive line and edged offensive players are able to create holes, Christian McCaffrey is going to explode in this game and he could set some records. I mean, that's how good the 49ers offense as far as running the football can be. And there's a weakness there against the Kansas City Chiefs. So it could be a huge game for Christian McCaffrey in this matchup. Juanito says, do we see Wilkes call more blitz packages? How is Mahomes this year versus the blitz? So Mahomes is having a down year as far as against the blitz. Why is that? Well, he just doesn't have as many weapons. I mean, he was really, really good against the blitz, especially in 2018, 2019. Uh, he had Tyree kill. He could check the ball down. He could get rid of the ball quick on a screen. And they, he could get going. And then you've seen him somewhat struggle as his offensive line has changed throughout the years. And that's one of the things to remember. That his offensive line is different. And one of the real problems is a guy like Jawan Taylor at right tackle. He's not very good. So I don't know how much the 49ers are going to blitz. The 49ers blitz about 17% of the time this year. And Patrick Mahomes is blitz on his career about 15% of the time. So I expect the 49ers to bring blitzes here and there. They want to keep him guessing. Also, they want to keep him in the pocket, which is nice. You bring an extra blitz. It fills an extra hole. Less opportunity for him to be able to run. But you got to be careful because when you blitz, you leave something open. He's really good about finding that, that spot where something's open. And you get some of those matchups you don't really like. Uh, we were just talking about MVS versus Ambry Thomas. Well, you might not like a matchup that you're going to get, maybe a Tishon Gibson covering an MVS because you blitz. So you got to make sure you get home if you blitz. It's very important. Uh, Logic says, has Wilkes matched up against Reed in the past? And if so, how did it go? You know what? I did not look at uh, to see how many times they've matched up. I'm sure they've matched up, but I didn't go look at how it was and how it worked out. So I can't answer that one. Um, I don't have the knowledge of it, but that's a good question. That's something that I probably should have looked up. So uh, that, that's a that's a good question. BB50 said, with all the blitzing Casey does, will Juice and Kittle be blocking more in this game? I don't think necessarily that means that's going to be the case uh, because just because someone's coming from a blitz, if you can recognize it, you can get rid of the football quickly. So I do think they're going to have a part in blocking uh, depending on where the blitz is coming from, but they're also going to be a big part of getting some good matchups and some good quick hot routes uh, to get them the football in space. Because when you're bringing two guys and they, he likes to bring five or six guys, I mean, that's something that he does. Uh, Steve Spagnola blitzes five or six guys. Let's see. I, I know he does it a lot. Uh, he did it 112 times or sorry, 208 times this year. He blitzed five or six guys. And uh, they had an opponent passer rating was 26.2 in those situations. They gave, they gave up 112 catches for uh, 1,122 yards and eight touchdowns, only three interceptions. Uh, and when they blitz, they blitz the third most in the league on first down. They're number one on second down. So they blitz the most on second down. And then third down, they blitz sixth most. 
So, I mean, they do come a lot. I think those guys will have to stay in a little bit. Uh, but I think that at times they're just going to want to get those guys out into the open where they can make plays. And, you know, it's, it's, it's never easy to recognize what the blitz is. And Steve Spagnuolo is one of the best at disguising the blitz in the entire league. I fully expect Brock Purdy to try to decipher what blitz is coming. And I think Kyle Shanahan is going to do the most that he can to reveal where those blitzes are coming from. He's going to motion. He's going to shift. He's going to give different look formationally to try to tip the hand. When McCaffrey goes out wide, does a linebacker go with him showing man coverage? Uh, that could mean that there's a blitz coming. There's a lot of things that are going to give you a, a pretty good detail of what's going on. Now, of course, they, they have an experienced defense. Steve Spagnuolo is an experienced coordinator, so they're going to try to fool you. Brock just has to process information extremely well, and Jake Brendel has to process where guys are coming from so that way he can make sure he slides his, his protection the right way and they keep guys in if they have to. It's going to be very, very important in this game for the 49ers. Josh says, would like to see the door kick down a little uh, this game. It's been a while. It has. You know, the 49ers haven't really dominated a football game in a little while. You know, I mean, if they could come out gangbusters like they did against the Detroit Lions in the second half, I think the Niners would love that. Now, the Niners show up normally for big games. That was their MO during the season. Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they showed up and they showed out. And I think the 49ers are due one of those football games. I'd love to see it. I think it's going to be kind of tough, though. You know, I mean, the, the Chiefs are one of those teams that aren't just going to go, you know, away. Ronnie says, and any stats on how accurate Moody is in a dome? Just curious. Yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. I do know that he's kicked in this stadium before, and he was very successful there. Uh, Jake Moody is a guy that's had a lot of success this season. He's 65 of 66 as far as extra points. He was 21 of 25 with field goals. Uh, so I, I think he'll be just fine. You don't have to worry about weather. All that is, you know, is good uh, for the 49ers. Now, what's up, Rick? Rick says, good evening, my friend. Nice hat is nice. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, even though I'm in Chicago, I live here and check this out. I've been down uh, 49ers for a long time, and I'm so anxious to see our team win uh, faith. And, you know, it, it's true. Uh, so many people have been waiting, and it's been a long time since 1994. And the 49ers getting that big Super Bowl would be huge, and we've suffered through a couple of close ones. 2012, it came down to the end. 2019, it came down to the end. And so we have another opportunity. 49er fans are definitely geared up for this one and excited. And I'm sure as the night progresses, more people are going to get more anxious. Uh, but it's a good time to be a 49er fan. And it just you know, we just got to keep thinking these 49ers are going to get it done. I think they can. Uh, Ernest says, I called Christian McCaffrey to the Niners last year. I have a feeling Chris Jones wants to be a 49er next year. Interesting. I wonder how much money he would want, Ernest. I mean, Chris Jones probably wants a, a ton of cash. What's up? Forktail's in the house. Says, yo, Ant, if KC put eight in the box, can 49ers counter with three tight ends, or is that not a good matchup? They definitely could counter with three tight ends. You could put Braden Willis on the field. But a lot of times the 49ers don't do that because they have Kyle Juszczyk. So uh, they could just go to their 22 personnel and put Charlie Warner on the field to go with Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle. And then you would have the necessary bodies you need. So I don't think they'll go three tight ends with Braden Willis. You see that sometimes during the red zone. I think that they'll use Kyle Juszczyk as that guy. And I do expect them to counter with 22 personnel a lot in this game. I think we're going to see the 49ers mix it up a lot. But I think we're going to see a lot of 21 and 22 personnel and probably a little bit of 12 
as well as they're going to get Charlie Warner out there and try to find some matchups on the edge that they like, because even though they have a very good pass rush, the Kansas city chiefs, they are susceptible to the run. They're not as good at setting the edge. They're not as good run defenders as they are getting after the passer. So uh, 49ers have some advantages that they can, they can possibly get into. Uh, so good question, but yeah, I think the 49ers are going to be just fine. And I think Brock Purdy is going to be able to figure out uh, this blitz. I think Spagnuolo is going to going to have some plays where Brock's just going to have to turn the ball loose, you know, out of bounds, or he's going to have to escape and scramble. But as long as he can figure out the basis of where the blitz is coming from, he's going to know where to get the football. I think Brock Purdy really has a good feel for Kyle Shanahan's offense, and I think he has a good feel for the game plan week in and week out. So I'm expecting Brock Purdy to figure this thing out, and um, that's exactly what you have to do. Now, when you're looking at the defensive side of the ball, uh, the 49ers' main goal is stopping the run, and it, it might seem funny because you're looking at Patrick Mahomes and you're looking at Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. You're like, man, those guys are really good. How do we stop them? Well, the first step is making a team one-dimensional. So you take away Isaiah Pacheco, you take away Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon, and – in turn, you take away Nicole Hardman and Sky Moore, and you put the onus on Patrick Mahomes in obvious pass downs. And you just make sure uh, that you can do your best to hold up. You got to make sure you put pressure on them consistently. It's not going to be easy. But they're going to test the 49ers' edge run defense early on in this game. They're going to see what they can get away with. You'll probably see a toss crack. You'll probably see a jet sweep. You'll probably see a push pass. I think they're going to try to stretch the 49ers' defense horizontally and see how they hold up. Once the 49ers illustrate what they can do against the run, which I believe they're going to have this thing shirt up, I think that we saw some market improvement in that game against the Lions with Yamato Lenore coming up and setting hard edges and Tashawn Gibson running the alley and squeezing those things down so it wasn't a big alley. That's one of the things that doesn't get talked about enough. We see Tashawn Gibson come up on the, the touchdown run and he misses a tackle. Well, part of the reason he misses a tackle is the alley is monstrous. He's got a lot of ground that he's got to make sure he stays in front of uh, the running back, and that's a tough deal, where if it's squeezed down because the force defender squeezed it and you have another edge defender chasing, then it's less avenue for that player, less space uh, for that offensive player to be able to move, and then it's easier to make a tackle. Space is the enemy of the defense. So I think that's one thing to remember, and I think they're going to do a lot, lot better with the toss crack the jet sweep was a huge problem for them. They would just release the defensive end upfield and allow, you know, and then all of a sudden McCall Hardman was getting around three touchdowns in 2022 on the jet sweep and push pass. So they're going to have to make sure they take advantage of that. And then you've got to stay home for the counter. Now that it's been put on film, Jamison Williams taking it to the house, you've got to make sure your backside defenders are getting their eyes on the opposite side of the formation. So if you're, you're coming off the left side, you've got to be looking to the right to see if bodies are coming at you. Even if the run's going away, got to get that focus, get those eyes. Once you have your eyes on and no one's coming back, no lineman, no skilled player, then you can proceed to chase the play. If you see somebody coming back towards you, you have to stay your ground. Yes, squeeze it a little bit, cut away that space, but you have to make sure you attack it, keep your outside arm free, don't go too far upfield but get a little bit upfield to make that that guy either cut up or have to get widened out to go around you. Those are going to be some keys in this game because you have to make sure you take away this run game. If you don't take away the Chiefs run game, it's going to make for a long day for the San Francisco uh, 49ers. Uh, Ronnie says, Ant, how do you feel about the rookie? How do you think the rookies are handling the attention from the big stage? 
Uh, I think luckily for the 49ers, the rookies have so many vets around them that they're used to what's being kind of uh, said to them. Like they're, they're well experienced because the veterans have given them that help. We also don't have, you know, rookies besides Jair Brown. That's really having to make a huge impact for this team. Uh, Jair Brown is the closest thing we have to a starter. And you never know if he's starting or Logan Ryan, but I think he's equipped because Tashawn Gibson's there and Logan Ryan's there. They understand what's going on. Logan Ryan's been through this process a couple of times, so he can give real insight into how to handle the week, how to go through your process, how to stay on your natural uh, rhythm of things by keeping your schedule the same. So I think they'll be just fine. And, um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's always a tough thing for a rookie. This is a, what are those experiences? I mean, Debo was a rookie when he experienced it. Dre Greenlaw was a rookie last time when he experienced it. Uh, Mitch Wisnowski. So you have some guys who were there as a rookie who can now give information to their uh, fellow teammates. And I always think that's a big thing. Uh, Gerald or Conrad, I'm sorry. Conrad, Tony says, Ben is 1971, but then Casey's defense is going to win for them. Uh, watching from Ghana, South America. Uh, Guyana, South America. Well, thank you so much for watching, Conrad. I really appreciate it. And you know what? Kansas City's defense is good. Uh, and if you listen to any national media source, they're going to tell you how good Kansas City's defense is. And they are. They got a good secondary, and they've got a, a really good defensive line as far as getting after, you know, the the quarterback. I mean, Carol Loftus and Chris Jones each had ten and a half sacks. You know, Mike Dana had six and a half. That's really good. Wharton with two. Uh, but what you don't see is that they lost Charles Amenehue and they lost guys along that defensive line. And yeah, you can put pressure on unless you're having to defend the run consistently. It's going to be important for the 49ers to get the run game going. If they get the run game going, all bets are off. And yes, the Chiefs defense is good, but there's a glaring weakness as far as stopping the run. And your number one weapon is Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Uh, to me, I think that, yes, this Chiefs defense is good, but I think the 49ers can score points, and I think they can win this football game. Uh, but, you know, I think it's it's realistic to give the respect uh, that is, you know, needed to be there for the Kansas City Chiefs. They deserve respect, but 49ers, they, they know what's up. And uh, 49ers faithful forever. Josh says, Jawan Taylor doesn't stop Bosa without holding him. Agreed. Nothing about his technique to me shows that he can stop Nick Bosa consistently. Uh, Bosa is really, really good as far as quickness around the end. Good first step. Uh, Juwan Taylor doesn't bend well, which means when Bosa plays with his low leverage, it's going to be hard for him to stop his initial attack around the edge. If he flies too far upfield and Bosa comes into him, uh, he's going to be able to walk him back into the quarterback because Juwan Taylor doesn't anchor as good uh, because Bosa is going to be able to play at leverage. To me, that's a tough matchup for Taylor. It's all going to come down to how much help can they give him? Can they chip him with Greg? Can they chip him with those other tight ends. Is it Travis Kelsey? I doubt it. Uh, but one of the problems that they're going to have, and we haven't talked about it a lot this week, is Joe Thune being out. And I've brought it up on the different shows, but I don't think it's really been uh, thought of what the implications are. With Joe Thune out, you're going to go with Nick Allegretti. And Allegretti is good. He played in the 2019 Super Bowl. But one thing he struggles with is speed at the defensive tackle spot. His lateral movement is not fantastic. And he gets to line up against Javon Hargrave. And so you got Chase Young on the outside. He's going to be doing his thing, going one-on-one -on -one out there. But you're going to have this matchup there with Allegretti versus Hargrave. And if Hargrave is able to win early, they're going to have to help with Creed Humphrey because you already have to pay enough attention to Bosa as it is. So if you have to give help with Creed Humphrey, that means you got Trey Smith one-on-one -on -one with Eric Armstead. 
I like that all day, every week, and twice on Sunday. Uh, to me, those are matchups I love. So Creed Humphrey is going to have to go back and forth. They can keep extra guys in and max protect. But if you're max protecting against four defenders and the 49ers can drop seven and play coverage on the back end, I like our coverage a lot better. That means we can give more help on Travis Kelsey. We could give help occasionally for Ambry Thomas. So I think that that missing piece is going to be huge because of the 49ers defensive line players that they have available. Uh, I'm kind of like looking at that like that could be a key in this football game. And what's up to Kenny? Kenny 49er Culp says, hello, Ant. Play good, score more, win. That's my game plan. I, I love that game plan. Uh, and thanks so much, Jared Yuki, uh, for the subscription. I really appreciate it. Joining the Cutback crew. Uh, Lima uh, says, let's go. What's up, Lima? How's it going? It said, KC is not that good. I think KC has weaknesses. I really do. And, you know, I think, um, you know, you're looking at the, the team overall, and, and they're a good team. But we've seen them consistently during the season have some struggles. Uh, that's just the way it is. They've had some consistent struggles. And so the 49ers are a good football team top to bottom. If you look roster to roster, the 49ers are a better team than Kansas City. They just have to go out there and execute at the highest level. And I've heard Kyle Shanahan say it. I've heard others say it, that they haven't played an A-plus game this year. And that's why some people are picking Kansas City because they haven't played an A-plus game. Well, everyone has seen that team that hasn't played A-plus play A-plus when, when the time matters most. The best game plan, the best players step up. Next thing you know, they're rolling. So this is a this is a, a good opportunity for the 49ers. I don't think uh, they're that crazy. Uh, and Jared, uh, Jared Yuki says 49ers will win $1,000 bet. Ooh, that's a big bet. I, I mean, I like the confidence. I like the confidence. And uh, Lima says our running game should be on Sunday. Uh, the run game is going to be good. I really do think so. I think it's going to be a good time for the 49ers to get their running game going. So one thing you're going to have to do also is you're going to have to limit the effectiveness of Patrick Mahomes in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be about getting pressure on him with four. And I brought up about some of the matchups I like with Joe Thune being out. I think there's some opportunities there for the 49ers. And, of course, Chase Young has to handle his business as well in this game. But also the way Steve Wilkes was disguising coverages against Detroit, he was given some pretty exotic looks. He was showing man coverage as far as even putting Drake Greenlaw out in coverage in space and then switching the coverage underneath. He just did a really good job. And I think that's what you have to do from the beginning. You have to give Patrick Mahomes a ton of different looks, disguise coverages, show blitzes, bail on those, uh, run some, some fire zone blitzes. You have to consistently keep him wondering what you're going to do next and i say this and people get offended all the time uh, from other teams as i say you've got to confuse the quarterback and a lot of people say oh you can't confuse the quarterback sure you can you take away reads one and two and you make him go through his progression and that gives your uh, defensive line an opportunity to get home and george kittle said that fred warner said that that's what you got to do play sticky coverage take away one and two put the pressure on the quarterback and patrick mahomes is no different where patrick mahomes is different is he extends the play and creates more on the second half of the play than anyone else in the league. He's special. And so what you have to do is have a good game plan for the initial play and making sure you get pressure. You disguise him. You get him off his first two reads. And then you've got to make sure after that, when it breaks down, that you get your body right on those offensive players. You're in their hip pocket. You're running with them all the time, and you don't give them space. 
And as the defense, you've got to track Patrick Mahomes and you have to make sure you get him to the ground. It's one of the keys in this game is making sure Patrick Mahomes doesn't beat you once the initial play works down or breaks down. The thing about Patrick is you can play them perfectly for the first four seconds of a play, and then he beats you on those second three because he finds one guy that wasn't able to hold up. So the 49ers need to make sure they try to collapse this pocket on Patrick Mahomes and not allow him to extend. Make sure when you win on the first part of the play that it's a win that keeps you uh, from having to deal with the second half of that play. And I think they'll be really successful. Now, another thing that was picked up on, and I got to give a lot of credit uh, to Dante Hittner for picking this up on film watching. He did a fantastic job. The Chiefs rarely run to Travis Kelsey's side when he's lined up as an inline tight end. So if you get Travis Kelsey with a really tight split or lined up inline, they're not running that way. And I think that's a key that the 49ers can read on. And I'm sure there's a bunch of keys like that you can find in this game from film watching. I want to tip my cap to Dante Whitner for figuring it, figuring that out. Those are some keys that can really put the game uh, in, in your favor because you don't have to guard it as much. Now, Chiefs could always break tendency, but do the Chiefs even realize that's a tendency? Uh, that's the big question. So I think that was an interesting pickup from him. Uh, Baltimore, they played a lot of delayed blitzes, so you could play some delayed blitzes and come at Patrick Mahomes. You know, show that you're going to blitz, drop out, and then go ahead and bring someone anyways or not show any blitz and bring somebody. Uh, that will muddy up a little bit of where he wants to go ahead and step up in the pocket or where he wants to try to escape and rush lanes. Do you bring five? You have more guys that can take over ground, and Baltimore brought five a lot. Normally, the 49ers only bring four. And then muddy the waters. And what I mean by muddy the waters is bring a bunch of guys to the line of scrimmage, uh, have guys constantly moving around pre-snap, so that way he can't get a good read on who's coming, who's not, who's bailing, uh, what the coverage is going to be, where the blitz is going to come from, what the coverage is actually uh, looking like it's going to be. Those are all things you can do by having consistent movement and being aggressive. I would love to see sometimes an obvious pass downs, third and 10, third and 12, Nick Bosa and Chase Young in the A-gaps. Let's go back to that. Armstead and Hargrave rushing from the outside with the two guys on the inside going against those three interior guys. Even walk up Fred in one of those spots as well around the B-gap. Will Nick Allegretti go ahead and go after Chase Young? Will he go after Fred, run a twist up front? There's a lot of things you can do to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and we know the best pressure comes from the interior defensive line because that's when you can't step up in the pocket. You don't have space to be able to step into your throw. So muddying the water is going to be very important for the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they just got to keep doing that. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And Steve-O's in the house. Steve-O says, bang, bang. Thanks for coming through. Uh, my guy Tommy's here. Says, hey, Mr. Butt Whoop. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Tommy? How's it going? Hope you're having a good one. Uh, Roberto says, Chase Young could make or lose a lot of money in this game. He should ball out. You're right. He's going to be highly motivated to come in there and make some big-time plays uh, and, and get some money. You, you got to get some money on your side. Now, third downs are going to be huge this week. 49ers are one of the best offenses in the league on third down. Uh, they have they were 62% against Green Bay, against Detroit. They were over 50%. They have consistently been good on the season. They're 48.7% on third down. Converting on third is important. Chiefs offense is not as good on third down. They convert at a 43% rate. The problem is the 49ers defense hasn't been as effective this year getting off the field on third down. 
Just for reference, this year, the 49ers, uh, 42% at third at stopping the opposing team on third down. In 2019, the 49ers were 33%. Now, over the last couple of years, including 2021, 2022, and this year, so last few years, uh, short yardage third down has been a problem. And it started with D'Amico Ryans, and it's, it's c- continued uh, with a Steve Wilkes, which means it's probably more of a personnel problem. But you just can't allow third and short. Force third and long, and you'll have an opportunity. But when you look at the Chiefs' defense, they're 37% on defense. Very good. Not as quite as good as Detroit, who the 49ers went for plus 50% on, uh, but pretty good. So that's going to be a huge factor in this game. you got to get third down conversions. you got to stay on the field, use the clock, uh, manage the clock, and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. Consistent, methodical drives using Christian McCaffrey in this run game are going to be absolutely must-have spectacular things that you can get done. And then when you look over at the other side, you've got to make sure you get stops on Patrick Mahomes. Whether that's turnovers or whether that's three and outs, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you get him off the field and get the ball back to Brock Purdy and that offense where they can have a lot of success. So uh, I think one of the things that, you know, I see people pointing out in chat and it's, it's important. Um, you've got to make sure you try to get the ball out. And that's what everyone's talking about. Everyone's going to be going at, uh, you know, punching the ball and trying to get it out for Pacheco. Uh, so I think it's an, and Tommy got me this. I love this one. Well, isn't that convenient for you and the clock? You gotta love a dodgeball reference. Absolutely uh fantastic uh reference there. So thanks, Tommy, for that. I had to go ahead and read that one on. And also turnovers is gonna be a big factor in this game. You look at the turnovers, the 49ers forced 31 turnovers this year. That's including playoffs. The Chiefs forced 21 in one more game. They have not been good creating turnovers this season. They've been good at getting off the field on third down. 37%. 49ers create turnovers at a much higher rate. Now, normally you would say, okay, you're creating turnovers, but if the other team takes care of the ball well, it doesn't really work out for you. But the Chiefs have been one of the worst this year at taking care of the football. Uh, their turnover differential is minus nine, which means they've had 30 turnovers this season. 14 of those, you know, from passes by Patrick Mahomes that were intercepted. 49ers are plus 12 in turnover differential. Chiefs are minus nine. Between the run game and this stat, you've got to feel the 49ers have some advantages in this game. 49ers, an alarming plus 21 when it comes to turnovers. That is the biggest number I've seen for the 49ers playing a team this year. 49ers get a lot of turnovers. They take care of the football, and the Chiefs turn it over a lot and don't get a lot of turnovers. That could be huge in this football game. I just see that as as an opportunity uh, for the 49ers to get some stuff done. I like it. And JLE says, would like to see our corners be more physical at the line of scrimmage at a good amount of man coverage. I think we're going to see a mixture. And you're right. I do like to see more physicality, rerouting, getting some guys off their spots. That would be important. Uh, and it could be a part of the game plan because the Fournier's have got to stop the run on the edge as well. So I'm with you on that. And Tommy says, if we create turnovers, we win. I, th- I think so. If you create turnovers, you run the football consistently. Uh, that's the map you have to go ahead and getting a big time Super Bowl. Uh, Lima says our DB DBs need to stop giving up first downs on third with PI. That's huge. Yeah, you got to keep your hands off uh, receivers. There's a place to put your hand. Uh, you got to get it down on the hip. You can have your hand on the hip as long as you don't grab and pull. Keep the hand there. Make sure uh, you have contact. And then as you see the ball come up, 
You take your hand, you put it right up between their hands, and you knock the football away. And we know that they know the technique. Steve Wilkes has taught them the proper technique. Just when the moment comes in, are they going to go with what they've learned? Or are they going to go back to something else that they've done? Are they going to panic? Um, I think Lenore and Tarverius Ward are pretty good at that. I think the one that I'm concerned about is Avery Thomas, and that's going to be uh, something that we're going to have to watch in this game is just to see how Avery Thomas does um, because Avery Thomas has struggled with that a little bit. But we'll, hopefully we see the best of Avery Thomas. And now it's time for my wow, that's bold predictions. Wow, that's really bold. <laughs> Whoa. 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 It's got to be really bold. It's got to be whoa. And it's going to be a two-parter on offense and a two-parter on defense. And, of course, you can leave your wild that's bold predictions in chat if you're watching back later in the comment section down below. Uh, and, you know, I'll check those out. I think Debo Samuel is going to have a big game. Uh, there's something about this game that screams Debo, that screams that he's going to have the ball in his hand. You know, going to Kyle at halftime, you know, talking about give me that freaking ball. He's going to be a big part of this game plan. Debo's going to have two touchdowns. I, I just, I think it's going to happen. Debo's going to make some big time plays. He's going to hit, catch some screens. He's going to get some reverses. He's going to have two touchdowns in this game. And Christian McCaffrey's going to have two touchdowns in this game, too. I've got these two being a big part of the offense. I think George Kittle is going to have some nifty plays as well, some special screens, a jet sweep or two. Uh, for the people's tight end and a couple of clutch catches. And I think those three are going to be big parts of this game. I do believe that we're going to get a nice game for Brandon Ayuk as well, but I think he's going to be more of a supporting cast this week. So that's what I think is going to happen over on the offensive side of the ball with the wow, that's bold predictions. Um, yeah, I like that Kenny said, whoa, whoa. Uh, very, very true. And then you look at the defense. I think Diometer Lenore is going to have an interception or a fumble recovery in this game or cause a fumble. He's going to create a turnover because I've seen Demo consistently make big time plays in big time moments. And I just think he's going to get an opportunity. I think there's going to be something that happens to where he gets his hands on the football Demo with the turnover in this game. And then I talked about it a little bit. Thune's out. You're going to have some matchups you like along that defensive line against that offensive line. I've got the 49ers defense coming up with four sacks of Patrick Mahomes. I think they're going to hurry him. I think they're going to pressure him. And I think they're going to get him to the ground. And when they do, those are going to be big negative plays that are going to help the 49ers get an opportunity to be able to get a win in this one. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to just consistently get these guys, you know, rolling and they're going to be just, just fine. Uh, so, I like this one for Ronnie. I think I say Warner and the rookie get a pick. Ooh, I like that. Uh, getting Jair Brown a little bit of an interception here as well. Uh, that's what you want. You want that to happen. You want to make sure that Jair can make some big-time plays. It says, hey, Jair's going to pass the test. And uh, Tommy says, and I think Ambry is playing afraid. He needs to get out of his head. I think what's interesting with Ambry, and you know, maybe he's fully healthy. He had surgery. You know, after that, they they clinched against the Washington Commanders. And he's been playing with an injured, broken hand. He played that game with a broken hand. And so I think he's been a little reluctant for the contact. I don't know if that's the hand or what that is. But now that he's he's good, he's supposed to be cleared. Uh, he got the, you know, the, the wrapping off and all that. So maybe the mindset's there. Ambry Thomas has the ability. And maybe he'll go out there and get it done. I'm hoping that that was a big reason why. 
and then we can have you know these guys make some plays. And Ambry Thomas could be a big one. I, I actually call for Ambry to have an interception against Detroit Lions. So when Jameson Williams juggled that one over the middle and Ambry almost got it, I was like, oh my goodness, uh, that's going to be a big time play. Roberto says, I'm with Ant. Debo and Trent are going to be huge, and Debo will have three TDs, and Trent will be a bulldozer. Maybe Trent's last chance at a ring. Yeah, what's nice about Trent, I heard him say he think he's back in for uh, you know two more years. That could be huge. And Steve-O says, three pancakes for Kittle. I love that. Uh, yeah, the big one on Hutchinson. That was a fantastic block. And Lima is already starting to give his, uh, his pick. I like that. 35-24 Niners. Uh, that's a good one. And you know what? I'm going to give my pick as well. It, it's time to go over exactly what I think is going to happen in this score prediction. Going through this, I've I've had people telling me all week long, I've had people telling me that Kansas City's going to win. I've had other people telling me they, they just don't trust certain players on the 49ers. Well, I'm not in that category. I think Brock Purdy's a big-time quarterback. I've seen him navigate too much uh, through processing, beating blitzes, uh, getting the ball where it's supposed to be, and then making plays happen when things break down. The 49ers have two clutch players in Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and they have a huge advantage with the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands in the run game. Kyle Shanahan is a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident this time. He knows what to expect in the Super Bowl as a head coach. And I think the 49ers are going to get this thing done. Now, I think the 49ers are going to win 28-23. And I think at one point in the fourth quarter, the 49ers are going to be up 28-16. to I think Patrick Mahomes will lead a touchdown drive with about three minutes left. But once they kick off to the 49ers, they'll never see the ball again. As Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel are going to run the lights out of this football, and they're going to end up kneeling on the football to win the game and be the Super Bowl 58 champions. 49ers, 28-23, two touchdowns by Debo Samuel, two touchdowns by Christian McCaffrey, and they put the ball on ice and never let Patrick Mahomes back on the field at the end. Uh, it's it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And and Ronnie says 41-23 Niners. And you know what, Ronnie? I made my pick, but if your pick happens, I like it more because I want that blowout. I would absolutely love that. So, yeah, I'm down with that for sure, Ronnie. Roberto says 23-17 Niners. I, I win a cool G with that score. Well, then I hope it happens. You know, hey, when, when you're cool G, uh, you know, get, get that money. And, and Lima says, let's have fun watching the game tomorrow, fam. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Steve-O's got the 49ers winning 33-22. I like that score prediction. It's so good. And, uh, you know, that 49ers going to get it done. I'm telling you, it's not a good time to pick against the 49ers. They're going to find a way to win. Uh, they're just too good. But, guys, Super Bowl tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. All of us doing that together. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And uh, I'll catch you guys all in the next one. Until then, stay safe. I remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.